beginning of the month, we started talking about relationship. You come to realize that life is relationship. Do you understand? Yeah. I mean, even the basic unnecessary ones. Your, 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 when you go to work, there's a relationship with your boss, your co-workers. Yeah. It's just that sometimes we don't know and we don't define the relationships well. You know, I find it strange that people start working with somebody and the fact that you're sharing a desk or an office with somebody doesn't mean that a person has become your best friend. It doesn't mean that you go opening up and sharing your intimate issues on the office floor. Amen. Amen. And then you get surprised when you find the information on the office board. Yeah. It is very important that we know and appreciate all the different relationships and the emphasis we need to put on them. You know, one of the things growing up I realized, I don't know how many of us may have experienced that, but I'm sure a number of us came from homes or places or have realized, you realize that people tend to give more attention and care to people outside of their home than those that are in their home. In fact, there are some cultures that you are valued more if you take care of your brother and your sister's children than your own. Because the concept is that, especially if you're a man, you have to take care of your sister's children because your wife's children, who know it, where she slept. It doesn't matter which man your sister slept with. For sure, they are her children. So you realize that we, 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 we go on in life, you look back and you realize that your children have become a mess or your children despise you. Yeah. Many years ago, there was a brother in a church and the brother got married and within a few months, the wife handed in her notice and um, to the shock and horror of everybody because this was one amazing brother. How many of you know that when somebody is helpful, the person is helpful? When somebody is kind, the person is kind. You know, when somebody is always available and always wants to assist, it, it's almost like a natural, you know, some of us, we have to weigh the options, see whether we can really help or we want to. But there are some, you know, and this brother was the kind that, I mean, when you need help, he's like, before you get to number one, I don't know what number is there, you know, that's where he was. Before you call anybody else, it means that he's truly not available. And it doesn't matter what it is. He will find solution. Yeah. But I'm moving house. Okay, so what do you need? I need a van. Give me half an hour. He'll come driving a van. Yeah. You call him. I'm stranded at the airport. Which airport? Give me an hour. He would appear at the airport. That is how good and kind he was. But what we didn't realize is that that kindness and goodness was to the church community, not to the home community. And so what annoyed the wife the most was to see the glory that was always being heaped upon him and the joy that people expressed at, in his presence. And when she saw him, sometimes going out of his way to look for work, 
to help people, then her despisement rises. Because when she calls him during the day, his response is, I will get home at some point. Can't it wait till I get home? But when others call him, give me one minute. I'll be there. And, and they divorced. So we shouldn't take some of these things for granted. Let the ladies say amen. Amen. Let the men say amen. Amen. That's why Reverend says this thing all the time. But before you make tea for him, please make sure you have made tea for your husband. Before your husband looks for a poison pill and pours it into his. Because it is wrong. It is wrong. You see, some of us, we say we are uh, Christians. We are, and we are seeking and saving the lost. But we don't care about the salvation of our household. The internal is a mess. And the external is amazing. Just like how we dress. (laughs) Forgive. Peter, Peter, let's get into the Bible. Please bow down your heads. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much this morning. We ask that you will speak to us in the few moments that we have here. Lord, we ask that you have your way in us. Have your way in us. Let the entrance of your way bring light. Every dark area of our homes, may your word penetrate. Every dark area of our lives, may your word penetrate. May your word bring transformation of our minds. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. We come against any spirit and any attitude that will prevent us from receiving your word this morning. Father, for we know that your word comes not only to encourage us, but to rebuke us, to correct us. May we receive good counsel this morning. And may we mix it with faith. And may it bear much fruit in our lives. Holy Spirit, minister to every single one of us at the point of our need. Interpret scriptures to us. May the rima of your word be our portion this morning. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And Lord, I ask that you have mercy on me. May I not speak my own words, but that which I hear from you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We're going to read Peter, but let's read our scripture that we started uh, last week. Just, just for yeah. Songs of Solomon. <laughs> Verse number... Yeah, you know, yesterday night, last night, Reverend threatened, last night, Reverend threatened me. Yeah, Reverend threatened me last night because, oh, I, uh, isn't it family meeting? Uh, yeah, 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 Reverend threatened me yeah, last night because um, that's how strong the issue is. <laughs> Friday and Saturday, we were in uh, London and we had to go to so many different places Different meetings, different, do you understand? We even wedding, this, that. And there was one very common theme in the whole process. 
Because everywhere we went, at some point, maybe somebody that we haven't even seen for decades and decades and whatever, you know, will come and be like, oh, so happy to see you. But I just feel that I'm so close because every Sunday, you know, I listen to, the, I watch the Facebook live, you know. If somebody came and said, are you content, uh, continuing on floors this Sunday? You know, every, so when we got home, Reverend threatened me. He said, right, now you are, now he remembers. He was wondering what, Reverend threatened me. He said, see when you stand in front of the camera, that's why I'm standing in front of the camera. And you, you are talking. Remember that your audience are also very far. So, remember. I said, hey, what, what kind of threat is that? So, I, I decided that when I come this morning, I will ask all of you, is there anything I say that I ought not to say? <laughs> okay, so songs of Solomon, based on all of us, our consensus that everything is good. <laughs> oh, dear. oh, um, do we have, please, those who are visiting us for the first time, give me a wave. God bless you. Where's Charles? God bless you. God bless you so much, and uh, I want to apologize. Amen. Amen. Apolo- uh, sometimes you have to give general apology. <laughs> so that anything that when you come to church, you don't expect to hear, you hear it. Remember, I gave you apology. Okay, sometimes you take a box of apology, then when something, husbands and wives should have a room of apology. So that when you get off and they go into the room, pick one apology, then you come on. Songs of Solomon chapter 4. If God did not want this book in the Bible, it would not have been in the Bible. Amen. 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 You are so beautiful, my darling. We are reading from the Message Bible. You, are, you see, sometimes you people act so nervous. Meanwhile, some of the expressions you use to win over, is, it's more than this. It's more than, if I take phones now, I can get a better verse. <laughs> Hey, Kira. <laughs> so beautiful and your dove eyes are veiled by your hair as it flows and shimmers like a flock of goats in the distance. Streaming down a hillside, just like a Milton Boom book. In the sunshine, your smile is generous and full, expressive and strong and clean. Your lips are jewel red. Your mouth elegant and inviting. <laughs> I was about to say something, but Reverend's message has made me hesitant now to express certain things. So, because mm, your lips are jewel red. Mm. <laughs> your mouth elegant and inviting. Your veiled cheeks soft and radiant. The smooth lit lines of your neck command notice. When we see, we tend to look. When we look, mm, we can't say the other bit. (laughs) All heads turn in awe and admiration. Your breasts are like fawns. Baby dears. Twins of a gazelle. 
antelopes. Grazing among the first spring flowers, the sweet fragrant curves of your body, the soft spiced contours of your flesh. Invite me and I come. I stay until dawn breathes its light and night slips away. And yet, this is husband and wife communication. Today, husband and wife, when they even get into bed, push, push, move, move. The husband will touch the wife. The wife will say, who is that? Hey, don't give me answer. Don't give me answer. Don't give me answer. It's a thief. It's a thief. It's a thief. Verse number seven, and that's where we get our word. It says, you are beautiful from head to toe. My dear love, beautiful beyond compare. Absolutely flawless. Like relentless makeup. Totally flawless. And this was, you know, the songs of Solomon is Christ and the church. Husband and wife. Shepherd and the flock. You see, all of us get nervous when we read scriptures like this. Because of the earthly concept of love. Because of our understanding of relationship. In fact, I saw um, two quotes somewhere and I thought it really defines the challenge we have. It was written in the 20th century, but I believe that it truly defines the challenge we have in the 21st century. And that is why the church must get bolder, stronger, firmer, and speak the truth well. Because, you see, knowledge can be manipulated into what it ought to come. Yeah. At the time of those writings, secularization was now penetrating into... Do you know that a few couple of hundred years ago, Christianity was what was normal? Yeah. There was nothing like atheism. Yeah, if you're not a Christian, then you are a, a what do you call it, Hindu or something. But you had a religion, a faith of some sort. Do you have the quotes, Joel? Put them. I want us to read it. So this is the first one. It says that knowledge is a deadly friend if no one sets the rules. The fate of my, all mankind, I see, I've observed, is in the hands of fools. And it's true. So you realize that our source of how to conduct relationship is in the hands of fools. Yeah. And he's saying that if knowledge is there, if there are not rules set on it. So when we don't appreciate the parameters and what a relationship and how it should be, our source of knowledge can be a broadened, broadened. I, I've been saying this thing and I'll keep saying it. I may be dead when it happens, but remember, you know, we fight certain things and we ridicule certain things. And then at a point, they become justified. At a, at a point, they are imprinted in law. And then at a point, they become normal. And then it looks like it has won. Then we say, that is it. You know, we just needed the uh, flexibility of uh, uh, people having a relationship with any other human being they want. It doesn't have to be a specific gender. It's a, it's a what do you call it, discrimination. Blah, blah, blah. You know, they did and did and did. And then we got there and then we have reached there and we have even, it, we have even gone. We don't even fight on that matter alone. But you see, in our generation now, if somebody says they come down the aisle with a cat, a dog, a rabbit, or a chicken, we'll be like, What? Human beings are not supposed to have relationship with chickens. 
But I can assure you, you see, the first case that they found in Canada, the man took the case to court because they wouldn't let him marry the animal. And they, they you know, because society hasn't reached there yet. But when the foolishness of men reaches there, we will see that one day we will see our own members of parliament standing in Whitehall. All the yeah, uh, yeah, all the eyes to the left, all the nays, the yeah have won. Because if there are not rules and boundaries there, yeah. For some, for a lot of us, from the young, I'm happy that we're having family services. Because even these young children, the rules that have been set for them have been broken. No boundaries. No boundaries. Now, as people are going to the altar, they agree as they are going to the altar. I know we are getting married, but you should know that it will never be me alone and it will never be you alone. Yeah, there was a documentary that they were interviewing some different couples with different dynamics of their relationship. And the dynamics was that if you bring a girl who is really nice, I can have her. If I bring a guy that is really... And we find it crazy. Do you understand? But then it is how the rules are shifted and the laws are moved. And then we become a mess. And that is why when I say she's beautiful and she's fair and she's very curious, all of you, your minds have gone far away. Fire, you're, you're in the bush. Come back into the building. <laughs> Give me the other one. This is a, a poem. It is difficult to, I should have gotten Chanel to read it. It is difficult to resist the conclusion that the 21st century man has decided to abolish himself. Keep going. Tired of the struggle to be himself, he has created boredom out of his own affluence. And then he has also developed impotence out of his own erotomania. I know you haven't heard the word, so I will explain to you. Erotomania is the impression or assuming that somebody is in love with you. So the erotomania is assuming that, uh, um, um, I can't use Pastor Sam. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 Evans, uh, uh, that Evans Evans Evans's erotomania is that TSG is his. Yeah, some of you won't understand TSG, but you can ask him after. <laughs> and vulnerability out of his own strength, he himself blows the trumpet. That brings the walls of his own cities crashing down. Until at last, having ed educated himself into, this is the bitter word here, into imbecility, into stupidness, into foolishness. Until at last, having, yes, you see, because they have debated Christ's faith. They, in the walls of knowledge, in the walls and the corridors, I said this last week and the week before. Our universities have become the most ungodly places on earth. Most students become a mess when they arrive in university. It doesn't matter how much they serve God. The place that their God is ridiculed the most is from the lecturer to their housemate. So we have educated ourselves. You know, science confirms God. Science does not disprove God. 
And, and, and till we come to the realization that our level of wisdom will never surpass that of God. Let's finish. Having dragged and polluted himself into stupefaction, he kills over. So we have fought it, battled it, tried to attain status we cannot attain, tried to <laughs> over a weary old brontosaurus and this word thank god that children can teach us i only learned it a few days ago that we have different types of dinosaurs so that is one type of dinosaurs that has four legs say pastor you are clever yeah. How many how many dinosaurs do you know? You didn't know. Yeah, meanwhile, you are going to do PhD, you will get doctor. You didn't know. They're four-year-old. How old is he? Five-year-old. He taught us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five-year-old boy. Yeah, he came to his father, who is a medical doctor, asked his father, Daddy, how many types of dinosaurs exist? And the father was like, What? <laughs> and the five-year-old said, Sit down, sit down. After all, you don't know everything. <laughs> You can cut open somebody's stomach, but you sure don't know much about dinosaurs. Yeah. So when I saw this, I said, oh, this one, I, 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 I know this one. You two, you can go after church. When you meet anybody on the road, you just say, you brontosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> and then the end of it is what? They become extinct. And that is how gradually decent relationship, good relationship and I'm not just talking about between husband and wife, just family relationship. Everything is disintegrating. You know, when society was evolving and when civilization was rising and then we're getting to the place where, listen, everybody's an individual. Everybody matures. When you're 16, it's good. You can leave home. When you're 18, you're on your own. You can come and visit. You see, that is how Satan seeps in and messes up. And then when you get to the other end, so will your children also say, you are 80, we'll visit you once a month. Can you put her in the home, please? And she puts you in the home because when she was 16, you put her on the... And that is why relationships, good relationships are becoming extinct. Yeah. And then bad relationships. I mean, and we created, then we created them. I saw this thing. You see, I don't know whether it's because of my pastor. Anything I see, even if an, ad, an advert, it preaches to me. So I, I'm stuck in traffic, and then in London, I don't think they put some in Leeds. May they not bring some to In London, I think it was like a bus cover shelter thing, and then there was this advert. You know the one that scrolls go, and then it came, and it says that. Is that a, a relationship thing? Is it called Tinder? I want my Tinder fast or something. Then it says, then use, then it was one of the uh, internet providers. So they are advertising for you to come and buy data from them. And of all the things they could use, they said, you want Tinder? And you want to get to Tinder quickly? Use, then they had put their, their, this thing there. And it is normal. The first time I came to Austria, that was the one thing that I observed. That the nation is so sexualized that avian water, water that they are advertising, naked woman. Fresh organic eggs. <laughs> first Peter. 
Let, let's not take some of these things for granted because you can hear the word of God, but if you don't assume that you don't know and you need to put it in practice, you will find yourself there. And there's nothing like having the knowledge and not making use of it. You are equally the same as the one who does not have the knowledge at all. First Peter. Who's my reader? Eunice, please read it. Read from verse 1 to 12 because we are going to talk about it. And I'm trying hard that we'll finish this issue today. And then on another day, <laughs> on another day, we will do something else. Read it from the New King James is fine. First Peter 3 from verse 1 to 12. Verse 3. You can't find your Bible. Oh, where's I, Tina? I haven't got New King James. Whatever you have, if it's a Bible. First Peter chapter 3, verse 1. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who, who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for this to you were... For for to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Amen. Amen. I feel like the, the whole the verses have just expressed it themselves, defining how ultimately a relationship is conducted. And then Proverbs 18.22, the Bible says that for he who finds a wife, what, finds what, a good thing and obtains favor with the Lord. But last week we started talking, we said that we are all flawed, isn't it? We all have defects, we all have marks, we all have shortcomings, we all have cracks and tears and all that. And yet still, God is saying that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor with the Lord. In fact, the message Bible puts is that he who finds a good spouse will find good life and even more and then find favor with 
the Lord. Which tells us that in spite of our flaws, God knows that relationships can still work. Yeah. And I told you that we looked through the meaning of flaws. And I told you that there's also the acronym of flaws. You know, F in relation to our feelings and what I describe as our facts. Because sometimes our facts are not necessarily truth. Yeah, you will say that that is why um, the, the politician said that alternative facts. Because what you may regard as a fact may not be the truth. Yeah. There cannot be two heads in a family. That is the truth. Your fact. No, I'm, I'm, uh, no, I'm not going to. Nobody's going to be the head over me. Forgive him. Our feelings are not to be trusted because they fluctuate. Most of the decisions you take through your feeling is normally a wrong decision. That is what Reverend defines as emotional decisions. Anytime you are, and I use that good example. And I think for some people, it has really helped them. That when you are really upset at work, don't walk out. You go home jobless. And your rent will be due. Because that is a decision being taken out of feeling. When couples are feeling a certain way, it's not the time to divorce. In fact, when feelings are high, you don't even have discussion at home. Because whatever you discuss, you discuss it through the feeling. And I'm not just talking about bad feeling, even good feeling. The fact that, you know, the person is so kind, you know, every time he, he brings you a nice gift, you know, every time he's there, he's checking up on you, are you okay? You know, the fact that you are appreciative does not mean you should take a decision. Every time you have gone to visit her, never have you gone to visit her that she has only done one meal. Every time you go, minimum three different dishes. I mean, and then she will even offer, if there's anything on the table, uh, there's something that should be on the table, that let me know. Yeah. That stomach being full is not a time for decisions. Yeah, some of us, people that we should have been friends with, we have broken up the friendship. Because when we are hurt, when we are sad, when we are, we speak. I won't talk to you again. And sometimes when you go, how many of you that, I'll give it anyway, I'll give it. How many of you that you really like somebody, but the relationship wasn't going too well, and then you said, I think we should break up, and the person said, Yes. <laughs> you know, because I, I think we should break up. You're expecting, calm down, let's talk about it. You know, no, you can't do, you know. But you see, the person has been waiting for all, that sentence. Well, if that's how you feel about it. Most of the decisions we take 
through feeling. It's not. I feel like I should go and buy. How many of us have even shopped and realized that it was a feeling? I feel this dress will suit me. The truth is that try it and you will know the truth. That mannequin wearing that dress, they have pinned certain parts of the dress to the mannequin. And sometimes they have used a, a sticky tape to, to make you. Yeah. Sometimes we'll watch the catwalk or they'll be having uh, Golden Globes or Grammy and you know how they dress and they come. Yeah. Trust me. They are sticking things yeah. to their body for the dress to just stay in place for the 45 minutes. That's why they don't cough. They don't laugh. They don't. You two, you are coming to church. You are going to buy the same dress you have come. Then you get here. Then Uni says, I am a no man. Then they say, everybody go down. Then you're like, <laughs> win a man, win a man. <laughs> yeah. So, I feel like it will, it will look good on me. I feel like it. I feel... It's a flaw. Our feelings are flawed. Yeah. It doesn't mean that our feelings are not, don't exist or whatever. What I'm saying is that you don't take final permanent decisions on feelings because the feelings are flawed. Yeah. And you don't also take permanent decisions on what you think that this is it. This is true. This is a fact. You don't know. Perchance, it is not so. Perchance. 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 Because you see, when you realize that what I'm thinking is true may not necessarily be true. We had this argument in a a chapel a couple of weeks ago. I said, listen, when you say, he has broken my heart, he has left me, I, I didn't see it coming. It's not true. That is not true. It may be your fact, but it's not true because you knew. It didn't come. You, you have to tell us that so you feel better. And then you don't look that stupid. Because if you say that you, you knew he would leave you and you stayed and he left you. At least if you say that I didn't know. He was so good. I, then it, 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 it works better. Like the five-year-old just taught me that there are different kinds of. You see, I don't know. So I always must make room that everything, I don't know everything. You two, you don't know everything. And that is why even, especially when it comes to relationship, seek counsel because you don't know everything. So far, you can check all the relationships you had. It's a proof that you don't know everything. The choice you make. Then I said the L was what? Life and love. Life. If you have you are born and now you are above the age of five, you have come to realize that life is not perfect. And then you also come to realize that love is not perfect. The only thing that perfects love is God. So if life and love are flawed, then it means that life and love must be continually logged, worked on to improve it. You can improve your life. You can improve your love. 
But if you don't do anything about it, it will deteriorate. And the other flawed thing about it is that we see life and love through the lens of our life. And maybe where we are in life and what we've been through. And that is why sometimes they say with the ancient is wisdom. Do you understand? So you get some counsel from an early daily person. Then you say, oh, you you are ancient. Because of where they stand, they have seen what you haven't seen. So they will come home and see you shouting on your husband and things. And they'll be telling you, you can't shout. Don't shout on. Save your husband meal. And you say, oh, mommy. Ah, you people used to do that. I used to see how you used to save daddy. Ah, we, we don't do that. No, 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 no. If he comes home and his leg is not working, he better sit there. If his, work is, his leg is working, he'll go to the kitchen. Yeah. At least I cooked. Yeah. And if I can't cook, we'll go to um, KFC. And if he has a bit of money, we'll go to Nando's. And when life improves a bit, we'll go to... Oh, no. Okay. Okay, okay. Market yourself well. Okay, market yourself well. If we can appreciate... Where, where is Prince? This one is, uh, is Prince D. Prince D. If we can appreciate life and love that it's flawed, we won't even be changing, oh, I'm breaking up, I'm going for this, oh, I'm breaking up. Because whatever relationship you go into will be flawed. Yeah. You realize, you think that, oh, my life is not good because I'm still in school. When I get a job, my life will, you get a very good job and you will see that still life is not perfect. Life and love are never perfect. What frustrates people? What will make somebody commit suicide? What will get, make somebody so depressed? Is because of our expectation of flawlessness. Because you are looking into somebody's house and it looks flawless. Because we all try and make sure at least the outside of the house is painted. Forget the inside. So the fact that my garden looks nice doesn't mean that my be- the bathroom in my bedroom is nice. You come there and then you realize, hey, it's molded. And, uh, but then you get frustrated because you normally cannot see the flaws of somebody you are not in a relationship with. That is why even as friends, when you change friends, you go around and come and meet the same problems. You realize that this group to the gossip. Yeah. When you go around, you come and realize. Yeah. That is why we say that love is a decision, not a feeling. Because you decide it. Yeah. You won't get a perfect one. You won't get a... You will never find anybody in this world who has a perfect life. There is no perfect nation. There is no perfect church. There is no perfect marriage. There is no perfect child. Some of us ridicule our children. We wish other people's children were our children. The flaws of your children are part of their beauty. I think it's one of the relationships that is in dire need of healing. It's parents and children. 
parents and children. Yeah. Because sometimes either the parents have too high an expectation for the child and the child cannot meet it. Or the child just gets into very bad company and can't get help to come out of it. As for me, my child is my friend. You are a parent before you are a friend. You are a parent. Your responsibility is not just feeding the child, but protecting the child, setting boundaries for the child. Every child is flawed. And so all the children must also realize that every parent is flawed. Yeah. Sometimes we expect so much of our parents. Because we always spend more time looking at all the negative and less time. Listen, one of the greatest blessings as a child of God you can have is when you begin to see the good in things. Begin to see the good in people. Begin to see the good in your relationship. To begin to see the... Because, you see, when you see the good in things, you overcome the flaws. You overcome the flaws. And that is why Paul said, when he asked for help, God said, my strength is made perfect in your weaknesses. God was saying, I'm not afraid of your weaknesses. And your weaknesses will not break you. The weaknesses, I'm going to use it to show the glory. You see, because even the things that are not right in our families and our homes, God has a way of using it to bring some strength into the home. I'll give you a very good example. You know, when my dad died, I was nine years old. And I think that it's not fair. Because when a child is nine, at least they should have their father. By virtue of life. But you see, when the decades passed, because at that time, the level of pain and frustration and struggle and all that it brought, one thing it also brought was to see the strength of my mother. And the strength of my mother pulled out of me a certain desire to please her. What am I saying? Me, I don't like learning, generally. I mean, I don't. If I, the blessing I had in life is that I went to school that the people love to learn. They live to learn. They sleep to learn. In their sleep, they are learning. Yeah. When they get 90, they cry. So by virtue of that environment, you won't find anybody to crack a joke with. (laughs) Ask them what their jokes were. (laughs) Their jokes will be gravity. MC squared equals, that's a joke. (laughs) But what it did was that, especially out of that environment, because as for that environment, you will learn. But out of that environment, you know, like you have summer holidays, whatever, you fall into a group of people who have their mother and their father who are totally spoiling and being totally pampered. Do you understand what I'm saying? And trying to test out things. But you see your mother 
trying her to make sure that whatever life you had before your father died, she can maintain as much of it as possible. And that draws out of you a need to attain something to let her know that her labor is not in vain. So that's what was supposed to be a setback or a negative. God actually used it for protection, for strength, to help you, to help us do better. So when others decide that we are going to smoke something, <clears throat> hey, no, I told you in between, in between. Hey, my school, when you even go and stand by the street, the main road, and, and then you look on the street as if you were stepping out, nobody will talk to you again. No. They regard you as bad. So as for school was not the problem, it was in between school. So they'll, they'll, they'll go and you find all these rich kids trying to roll a joint. Or they, and it's like, try, try. You two know that um, your mother has gone to open her shop since morning. I'll see you later. <laughs> you can choose to say, I'm fatherless, I'm this. Or you can choose to say, my mother is strong. My mother is amazing. I'm going to become like her. She's a good example for me. She has, I'm going to make her proud. It's how you see your flaws, your shortcomings, your deficiencies, what is absent. There are some people who are short, they'll say they'll never wear flash shoe. There are some people who feel too tall, don't wear high heels. <laughs> Celebrate your flaws. Yeah. If your skin is good. If you have body is good. The only, I want to finish this. The only thing, and what, that's what I wanted to talk about today is that because of our flaws, there is a tendency for relationship to be infested by virus. Because of our flaws. Because of our flaws. You know that many countries have mosquito. We, you know, for a long while, I, before we went on missions, I used to think that only certain parts in Africa had mosquito. It's not true. When you go to France, they have mosquito. The only difference is that the only difference is that the mosquito biting you in France, that mosquito is not carrying a virus. Let me give you a few definitions of a virus. The first one is that it is an agent of infection. <laughs> I am one. An agent of infection. Because you see, our flaws are our flaws. But we can manage and make sure we'll get a mosquito net so that the mosquito won't come inside and bite us. So it's not the flaws. It's locating the virus and putting it into quarantine. In South Africa, when you, are, you arrive there at uh, immigration, before you even put your passport down, they'll tell you stand here. Open your eyes. They want to check and see if a mosquito has bitten you lately. 
Because I, 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 I was always arguing that how can this country be in the middle of so many countries? That country doesn't have malaria. The neighboring countries have malaria. Because they have set the boundary. Life and love, not perfect. The A, our attitude and the actions we take. Our attitude, our flaw, the attitude we have towards relationship, the attitude you have towards life. Some people, we have married people whose attitude towards money is totally flawed. You are going to marry, and your attitude is that, as for me, as I'm going to the marriage, nobody's going to use me. Nobody's going to take advantage of me. I'm not going to be anywhere. I ain't submitting to nobody. I'm, is that the attitude you are taking in? And because of that attitude, the actions you will take will, will, will represent it. You are a Christian, but your attitude towards your faith is not good. And the actions you take, show it. Yeah. Because if your attitude towards your Christianity is that it's not everything in the Bible you must practice. That's the attitude. What action will you take? The ones you don't want to practice, you won't practice. Yeah. If your attitude is that, listen, as for church, you just come and go. You don't need to do anything. That's the action you will take. Somebody's attitude also is that, listen, I can't sing. But if you need somebody to sing, I am here. Amen. Dry bones. I want to help, but I don't know how to do anything. But if you teach me, I will. Yeah. Some people marry, they know they can't cook. And instead of saying that I can't cook so that you go and learn how to cook, they fake it. Then the husband said, honey, what are we having? He said, I'm frying chicken. <laughs> I think I should mention this. Maybe if we get next week, we'll finish it. But... And then I said, the W is for two things. Wisdom and our words. Wisdom and our words. Because the wisdom that you are using to conduct your relationship will determine the kind of relationship you have. As for me, when we marry, I'm not planning for us to stay together. When we marry, she will live with her mother and I'll visit her twice a week and she too, she can come and visit me so that everybody can have space, space, space. The fact that we are married doesn't mean we shouldn't have our space. We should have our space. Because I was an individual before I married. Words is one of the things we'll be looking at in detail a bit. And when I say words, I'm saying our language, our communication is flawed. And sometimes it's what we saw. Anytime you saw your parents talking, they were fighting. Hey, where's my food? Foolish woman, where's the food? So you two, so you two, you marry and you are about to utter the same. And then she puts her finger out. Let this be your last. 
Communication is learned. Do you know that we are taught how to speak? And if you don't know, you learn it. Some of our children are not being taught how to speak. They don't know how to say thank you, please. Give me, give me what? Because you see, if the language you have learned is that of insulting, insulting becomes a sign of love. Yeah. <laughs> you are so foolish, I love you. <laughs> Listen, some homes are turbulent, but for them, they see it as peaceful. They see it as we, a preacher was preaching once, he said when he married, it was a struggle because he had come from a large household where before you get a piece of bread, you have to make your voice heard before you can, you know. And he said he married this woman to where nobody talks. So he said there'll be a dine, dinner and they'll be like, the bread. And then she'll be like, why? <laughs> you know, because to him, especially when his family came around, then his brother and his sister, they'll be like, pass the chicken. Then they'll stand up. I said, this chicken is nice. And she's like, can't you sit down and eat that chicken? <laughs> Do you have to stand? You know? And, and, and then he said for a long while, he couldn't even appreciate when she was upset because he'd be like, hey, honey, I didn't like that. So he doesn't, uh, you can't be angry. Honey, I didn't like that. Ah, you can't be angry. But that is her at her really worst. <laughs> yeah. He said, recently he said they were at an airport and then, you know, they are quite known. So somebody comes to them and it's like, why are you traveling too? And then he heard his wife say, why? <laughs> and he knew that what she meant is what he was about to say. It's like, why do you want to know where we are going? <laughs> How you communicate. How you come. That is why I keep encouraging people that as much as you text and things, call. Because when you type out some things, the meaning is lost. The meaning is lost by the time it comes across. You see, because tone has, you know, that's why when people come for counsel, people come and report, be careful how you respond. They say that, the Bible says that one who comes first, smarter is always sweet. Because when a person comes, they'll say, I was just at home. And then when my husband came, I told him, why have you come late? And as soon as I said, like, why have you come late? Then he just became, then you go and ask the husband. I didn't even open the door. <laughs> I said, why are you? But you see, if, if this conversation is being had over a text, it will be, so pastor, when he came, he said, I asked him why. Because you don't hear the, the tone. And then, but the tone determines. So one person saying, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy. It's different from another person saying, I'm not happy at all. Not happy. Or somebody saying, can we have a chat about this? And somebody saying, today we will talk about this matter today. We will talk about this matter. Then call the children. We have family meeting. We'll talk about this matter. Then now you ask the children, do you have something to say? And they say, no. (laughs) And you don't understand why there is not a certain level of communication in your house. It's because of the language, the words, the form of communication. That is why there is no conversation. When you even ask your children, what do you want to be in future? And they're like, I haven't thought, I don't know. Because they're afraid to tell you. That if they want to go and do drumming and dancing, you'll be upset. 
Listen. All those things. Then the S, which is our five senses. And security. What you see, what you hear, what you smell, what you taste, what you touch. It's flawed. Because sometimes you, you see a beautiful girl. In the night. In the morning you will see her. Then you will see that your sin was flawed. You will see that your sin was flawed. Yeah. In this part of the world, people don't do it much. In certain parts of the world, they have something they call bleaching of the skin. So you will see the person say, oh, I'm about to marry a mixed race person. She's mixed race. My, 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 my spouse to be, she's mixed race. After a few years in the marriage, you realize that the mix and the race are blending. I mean, <laughs> then at the point, in fact, when you marry and you get into your bridal bed, you realize that hey, only the face is mixed race. And that is why even when somebody comes to tell you, I saw your husband here, I saw your husband doing, they are seeing through flawed eyes. You go and fight a fight you ought not to fight. They say your point of view is dependent on your viewpoint. Your viewpoint is dependent on your point of view. People who have never been to Africa in their ignorance will say well, people live on trees. Da, da, da. And then, and, but you see, that problem has been created by us as Africans. Always we want donation. When we are showing pictures of Africa, we go and look for the remote miserable place and then we come and show it so that they'll give us an extra 20 euros. So they, what they see, what they see is poverty. What they see is people not achieving much. Till they arrive there, then they'll realize that where they were coming from, they were living in shacks. It's true. Because we, we don't show it. So the viewpoint that we give is what is seen. The same. Marriages is what you show us that we see. So if we ask you, how is marriage powerful? How is it? How is your, oh, love is in the air. As soon as you get home, you put your bags down. That is what we see. How many of us, I can even use my son, how many of us have smelt food that smelt nice but didn't taste nice? And how many of us have seen food that looks, you know some of our dishes from certain places, they just don't look nice. They are not presented well. And they are just, but boy, if it touches your tongue, 
My son can never eat okra. He said the slime coming up and the slime going down. And I keep trying to explain to him, let the slime touch your lip. I said, our five senses are flawed. Are flawed. Are flawed. Some of us, we smell the lady's perfume. We smell the man's perfume. We say, oh boy, that's good. That is the smell of his perfume, not the smell of his life. If you could sniff what kind of life he has. And there are some too. See, if we don't read the scripture, we read the, there's a scripture in the Bible. It talks about the smell. It says that the smell and The smell may not be so presentable, but that person has a sweet spirit, has a sweet heart, will take good care of you. See, but you can't smell well. But it can only work on it when you appreciate that this is just a flaw. When you appreciate that this is just a flaw, you can work on it. You can work on it. Yeah. Some restaurants, sometimes you are passing by, the thing they've prepared, just, they've presented it. Have you, do you like watching those food programs? They have presented the food, and then you don't put a drizzle around there, and then, yes, in slow motion, then they'll take a piping thing, and then they'll pipe some design. Oh, said it's a trap. You go and taste the food. No salt, no pepper, no nothing. Flavorless. Nicely presented. Price of the beef, $19.99. Me around the corner. <laughs> LTC. Because <laughs> I can't use somebody's name. LTC. <laughs> the place is not presentable. In fact, sometimes you have to jump a smelly gutter <laughs> to arrive. Yeah. There's one thing I like very much, which is fried plantain in small pieces with ginger and this round and pepper. It's called kele wele with peel. It's nice. There was a particular woman at a particular junction. When you go, there's a long queue. But do you know that we are standing in the queue by a very smelly gutter? But for the joy that is set before us, we endure the cross of the... Because in fact, there was a time that a rival seller appeared and decided to spread rumor. That is why it's not everything that you hear that you should believe. The thing you are hearing is also flawed. The news you are hearing is flawed. Came, he said that the woman her oil because you know it's so hygienic, it's so unhygienic. It's not even funny. There must be some doctor, angelic doctors that just move around the nation. The oil is used for like three months. At a point, you don't know whether it's oil or it's engine oil. You don't know. The rival said that the woman, she's giving blood. And she pours it into her oil. That's why her thing tastes the way she tastes. 
So if you want to taste blood, you can't go there. But we still went there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that which is good is good. <laughs> it's not everything that you hear that you believe. It even destroys churches. I heard they were talking about you. I heard that. How did you hear? What did you hear? Remember last week we read the scripture. I said, if you go and put your ears, but you will hear them talking about you. Then it added that, remember that you to once upon a time, you also talked about somebody. How you hear. How you hear. Yeah. What you taste, what you see. And it brings us to the viruses that affect marriages, that affect relationships. Let me give you the definitions and then maybe next week we'll finish. The first one was what? It's an agent of is an agent of what? A virus is an agent of infection. And the virus can be in people. A virus is too small to be seen by ordinary microscope. Do you know that you can't see a, micro, a, a virus with a naked eye? And that is why the things that spoil relationships, they are not so obvious. Oh, I like this one. It says that viruses are usually regarded as non-living. But when they come within a nucleus of a living cell, they multiply and cause havoc. So if they are just there, they don't have life in them. But when they come into a living cell, that means if they come into a body, an animal, a plant, then they multiply. Then they cause havoc. So when you start and it's like, you're too rude to your husband. Oh, he says, I just say what I, I, when I have to say something, I just say it. Then the rudeness, yeah, yeah. Don't shout at your wife like that. I have to shout and rebuke her. Then when the shouting is not working, you realize that you, you upgrade. Number four. A virus is also something that poisons the mind or soul. In our world today, we have viruses of racism, of prejudice, and then it just seeps through. I told our chapel something. I said that it is easy to transform the body than to transform the mind. Much easier. You jump, skip, Beulah and Pastor, uh, where Sergeant will just stress you out for a little while. The body can come into shape. I could see her sucked there, so not judging. But with the mind, it is not easy. And I'm, and I'm saying this because even though we are talking about all these things, some of us are not going to spend time because your mind is not just going to change automatically. And you say, oh yeah, I said, okay, I have to. No. And I told them something. I said that most people are committed to their relationship or committed to whatever, but they are not committed to the process. Yeah. Most people are committed, I'm a Christian, but not the process. Marriage. Oh, I shall marry. The process. Because some people's marriage will last 60 years. 
70 years. It's a long process. It is your commitment in that bit that is important. And the only way that can happen is when you are conscious of the fact that, listen, there are things that will kill or threaten. Let me give you the last one. And this one relates to something we all have and hold. A virus is also a computer program or file which is usually disguised as innocuous, which means harmless. But it produces multiple copies of itself and when inserted into other programs, destroy or damage the software or data. That's why we have antivirus, isn't it? So it appears harmless. How many of us have opened an email that was sent to us? You have received a refund from HMRC. You, you owe HMRC. How will HMRC come and give you a refund? You have been selected for, you are one of the winners for this week's Google whatever. Click on the link to receive your prize. To God be the glory. The next thing you know, your computer shuts down. Never. When Keon was much younger, I used to have that problem with him because he just opens anything on his computer. And everybody will get the same computer in the same month of the same year. Within a few months, his own (laughs) does not turn on. Or he will turn his computer on 30 minutes it's not coming on. He will say, I say, yes, it was that one that you, copy, that you open. And that is why recently they brought the green tick, isn't it? If it doesn't have the green tick, it means it's not a safe file. You open at your own risk. The first virus that we are going to be looking at is familiarity. Familiarity. It's a virus. It's an agent of infection. Spouses have it with each other. Families have it. Churches have it. We have it with our pastor. He's been preaching to us for so long. We know how he preaches. We know his jokes. We know. We easily get familiar. Because when a relationship is being formed, effort is put in do you understand? There's always good intention, good plan. Till you begin to become more aware of the other person's uncomely parts. The guy who's always smelling nice, dressed so nice, he eats so much. He's always eating. When you get married and one day maybe you have lost your job or something and then he comes, what are we eating? Let's end with this verse. Psalm 49. Psalm 41 verse 9. Psalm 41 verse 9. Beware of familiarity. Don't become so familiar with people who are good to you. Don't become so familiar with places that are good to you. Don't become so familiar even with the church that you have. Don't become so familiar that you take people for granted, take things for granted, take your family for granted. 
Psalm 41, verse 9. Even my best friend, the one I always told everything, he ate meals at my house all the time. Now he has bitten my hand. God, give grace. Get me up on my feet. I wasn't going to add a verse 10, but I saw this one. I said, I will add it. I will show them a thing or two. <laughs> David, he wasn't a proper Christian. <laughs> Yeah, the King James said what? My own familiar friend who did eat with me. Job said something in Job chapter 19 when he was going through so much. He realized that even his own household. Verse 14, the Bible says, Job 19, he said that everyone who knows me avoids me now. My relatives and my friends have all left. Even my house guests forget I ever existed. <laughs> the servant girls treat me like a bum of the street. Look at me. Like they look at me like they've never seen me before. Even when I call my own attendant, he ignores me. Ignores me even when I plead with him. As for my wife, she can't stand to be around me anymore. The King James says that she can't stand my smell. I'm repulsive to my family. Even the street urchins, the little ones, they despise me. When I come out, they taunt and jeer. Hey, look at the man. Everyone I've ever been close to detests me. My dearest loved ones reject me. I'm nothing but a bag of bones. My life hangs by a thread. Oh, friends, dear friends, take pity on me. God has come down high. 